Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Hotline League. It is a great episode because we've got playoffs coming up. Regular season is over. There's a ton of stuff to talk about. First, let me go ahead and introduce my constant co-host, Mark Zeroin. How's it going? It's going great. I uh, felt really burnt out today because I ended up doing five days of like riot stuff in a row on top of all my other stuff because uh, we had a content shoot on Thursday, I had the dive on Wednesday, and then it was a super week, and then both Dash and Raz were out for a little bit, so just worked those three days in a row as well, so I, I didn't stream this morning to make the blame game. I'm, well, I was saving energy to make sure I had some for tonight. Welcome to the show. Have you, did you make any progress on blame game? None at all. I didn't even make a fucking document titled week eight. Couldn't even do that. Is blame game going to be late this week? Um, let's hope not. Okay. Well, great to hear. Uh, before I introduce our guest this week, I should shout out Alienware, Grubhub and Full Sail for sponsoring this week's episode. But our guest this week is none other than Steve from Team Liquid. How's it going, Steve? Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, thanks for having me as always. Uh, it's a joy to be here. It's been a minute since we last did this. Um, it was actually interesting. I was uh, thinking about if we go to Houston and we play, and I ended up watching one of the old videos, I think from St. Louis, when we did the $100,000 bet on the Hotline League show. Yes. Uh, IRL, and I was, uh, I was reminiscing. It was a great video. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was the last time I was on. Yeah, no, it's been it's been uh, been a bit for sure. And I mean, I I can't wait. Uh, I I can't say anything yet, but hopefully by next week, Mark and I will have some information on a live hotline league for LCS finals because we are pretty sure we're going to be able to make it happen. Uh, I think uh, nice. the other funny thing about that time was that got removed from the league subreddit, and I think that was about the time I burned whatever like little bit of. Uh, social currency I still have with the Reddit mods because I was like, you fuckers took that down and I, I bitched and moaned so hard about it because I was like, you took down a bet between owners? How is it not related to League of Legends? Blew my mind. Yeah, yeah it's a little silly. And then Steve had to... Uh, I I think you and Andy had to stop talking about that afterwards because the commissioner was like, uh, uh... I may or may not have received uh, some messages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But did so, you receive $100,000 is the real question. <laughs> That's, he can't speak to that, I don't think. Okay. Anyway, no great to have you on. I know we were trying to get you on a couple weeks ago, and then you were busy at a South by Southwest dinner, I think. I'm sure Sure, things have been picking back up for you again. Are you traveling a ton more now? Uh, a little bit more, yeah. I was in Austin for uh, trying to close a, a deal, and um, yeah, so I was there for a few days, so I had to cancel, unfortunately. Sorry about that. But yeah, no, tra okay. traveling, you know, getting back out there. Um, you know, after you're vaccinated and boosted, it's like, get me out of my house. Yeah. You know, I'm like ready to go do things. You're having a flashback. <laughs> One of the flashbacks I'm having right now is I remember doing an interview with you like the first week or two of everything being shut down in like March of 2020, where you were talking about how I, I think you guys were one of the first folks to be like, yeah, we're shutting down the office and everybody's home and like nobody come in and uh, just talking about how you guys were pivoting to trying to make all this stuff work online right around the time that LCS had to cancel a week or move a week, I guess, delay. So it's kind of funny to see, you know, here a couple of years later, things are starting to come back finally. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a lot. We, we took a lot of protocols into place when everything was going down. So, yeah. And for good reason, I think, uh, 
you know, turned out well. We didn't really have too many issues, which was which was nice. Yeah. How's uh, have you guys killed the final boss yet and raced to world first? Is that done yet? So no, we uh, um, you know we kind of bowed out uh, on the that final day, and then Echo you know killed the jailer like right after, maybe in like thirty minutes after, um, you know. So yeah, you know that was that was a little rough, but totally respect Max and the guild and. I mean, I think they're tough ones to make. Didn't this one go way longer than everybody else usually goes? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I think on average it's something like seven to ten days. And so this was, what, 18 or something? Jesus. Um, oh, my God. I mean, it was it was interesting because here we, we just signed the Limit Guild, the rebranded Team Liquid. We're like, let's just do this, like, the best way possible. We're going to have them at the Alienware training facility. It's going to be just great. We're going to provide all these resources and stuff. We're definitely going to win. And then the facility's still under construction, permits got delayed, whatever. We couldn't do that. So we had to rent a facility. So now we've got like 40 people in hotels. We're paying like $25,000 a day with like food and lodging and all the production and everything. And it's like, oh, this thing ended up costing like double than what we oh, thought. And it keeps going. God. Like on day 18, like kill this fucking yeah. boss, please. Welcome to World of Warcraft. Um... I mean, I guess the nice thing, hopefully, is that it's offset by like the streaming stuff that you guys were getting out of it, so the broadcast keeps going. But I'm airship was awesome. Yeah, it was uh, really good. All right, well, let's talk about League of Legends. Mark, are you awake yet? I've been awake this whole time. Okay. I'm well rested because I didn't do anything else today. Great, fantastic. I, by the way, how much of the rain in LA was the thing that made you extra lazy today? Rain? I actually love rain. Rain makes me feel better. It was actually great sitting next to the window and just watching it rain outside because it's like validation for not getting out of the house. That's what I so mean. Actually, I'm just saying like, I assume well, today felt extra, you were able to feel extra lazy. Right, but I feel more energized about my laziness. I'm like, okay. well, what else was I going to do? Go on a walk? No fucking gotcha. way. I see. wasn't going to go anyways, but now I have a reason. Fantastic. Glad to hear. Okay. Well... Let's see what to talk about this week. So we had LCS uh, has finished its final weekend of regular season for spring. That's obviously the huge one. We're headed into playoffs. We have uh, MVP voting and uh, what uh, all pro voting as well. Mark, have you submitted your ballot nope. yet? I, I have neither until have the 30th. I. So Mark and I are. You guys are here to to if you maybe there's some takes where some people can convince us. You'll, maybe you'll sway us in a direction where we can actually have some votes going in the, you know, if you, if you convince us with a great argument, then obviously it's going to sway us. Um, there's the big interview with Vettius that popped off about North American viewership. I don't know if people want to talk about that. Um, obviously, Steve is here, so I'm sure we'll get a ton of questions about TL finishing first, how things are going with TL, uh, playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. Anything else I'm forgetting, Mark? Um, no. I mean, uh, people like the analysts ask this weekend. Yes. Yes. You know? Is that Dash cool. in trouble, Mark? Dash is gone forever now. Oh, God. Okay. Well, no, I, I'm pretty sure he's back this week. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure he's back this week. No, I'm just saying everyone loved the analyst desk so much while he wasn't here so i don't know if that's that, that was good. my point was that he's gone now for good after we got that yeah. reddit thread do you Our think that uh, jet poisoned him uh to take him out of the game 
try that's to see exactly what happened is Jad and I are secretly eliminating people. We tried to finish Raz off, but he bounced back too quick. Gotcha. Okay. Very good. Uh, okay. So, Mark, are we pulling yes. callers yet? I, I have a couple callers. Do you want to get right into it? Or do you want to like ask Steve a question or two about, about the, the weekend? Yeah, stuff? well, I was just checking. Yeah, we can, we can definitely do that. I don't know if you have anything you want to ask uh, oh, first, Mark, as we cheat in on the callers. But... I mean, Steve, I, I guess maybe I'll ask, how has the split uh, felt compared to previous ones? Because uh, I know things looked really doom and gloom for a little bit at the beginning with Core JJ and not knowing when all that stuff was going to go. So I don't know if you were having flashbacks because obviously you guys continually in Spring Split always has, have something goes, goes awry, like Broxa or whatever else. So I, I don't know how the split's been for you. Uh, I mean, the split's been almost like every, it started off like every other split. I'd say we go into it assuming there's going to be issues and there were issues. And I think there was a lot of anxiety around whether or not core was going to get his green card. And I had made a bunch of promises to the guys when I put the team together that we were going to build the best team possible. And, you know, core was going to play there was a chance that his green card might not go through and they understood that and as it got later and later i actually thought at one point like it wasn't going to happen and uh you know that would have been just horrible um and we put so much work into getting that whole thing and it came down to the wire i mean he literally had to go back and serve in the military and we were talking days at this point. And so if we didn't get it in time, he was going back and that was it, you know? So that was definitely a little bit stressful. Um, but no, it's been, it's been a good split. I think uh, the major difference that I'd say in this team in comparison to any other team has been there's no glaring attitude problems. <laughs> there's no like one person that isn't checked in or is being passive aggressive or is it's not trying all that hard in every scrim or every game like this team is just there's it's kind of scary it's like there's no issues <laughs> it's like what the hell you know um I'll give a quick story. We were going to celebrate uh, one of our games, and we were we went to this um, uh, Brazilian steakhouse restaurant. I forget the name of it. And we were all hanging out, and it was like an hour and a half dinner. And in 10 years, the number of times that I've had dinner with the League of Legends team, you know, hundreds, maybe close to a 1,000 at this point, right? Always the players have their phone out doing something, checking their phone, checking Twitter, playing games, whatever. The whole dinner, everybody was just like enjoying, having a good time, focused like on each other and conversation. And I don't know, it was just kind of, holy shit, these guys just love hanging out with each other and they're having a fun good time. When's and the other foot telling. drop? Who's, <laughs> who's gonna be the one to stir it up and, and break the peace? It's gonna happen at some point, right? I mean, it always does happen. Uh, it's a matter of when, not if. That's uh, how I believe. I mean, I, yeah, if this shit's, something's going to go down. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> uh, something's going to happen. And fuck. <laughs> it just happened like 
<laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe, may, maybe it's better it happens now rather than Worlds. <laughs> uh, well, on this point, I want to congratulate both of you as two stars of a video that has now hit a million views because as of today, Breaking Point has hit one million views on YouTube. I saw a bunch of people tweeting about it. So this is somewhat, yeah, on a related point on things always imploding. Okay. Uh, looking, looking, maybe we could do a, a quick Breaking Point retro looking back on that now. Mark, what were you gonna say? First off, everyone gets this wrong. They, I was not there for Breaking Point. I had basically not been, been a part of that organization since like the start of Yeah, but of that Mark, year. Breaking Point happened because of you. The the terrible situation you left the team in when you departed. Mark. It, so that is actually true. That <laughs> is is not an, really an exaggeration. I definitely left Steven the Lurch a little bit because I just like I hit my breaking point off camera very early into the off season, and I was like, I can't do this for another year, dude. Get me out and like we. Please, look. Mark. Please don't leave me. Please, please don't <laughs> come back. Just one more split, please. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So then we convinced Loco to do it, and then uh, he was the star of, of uh, Breaking Point instead. So I managed to dodge that leading role. Um, so I wasn't actually a part of it in that sense, but I guess you could say in some sense there was a prequel maybe with me. I don't know. That that just never aired. Yeah. True. Well, regardless, it's uh it's kind of fun to see that video hit a million views at the same time where you're also talking about just how nice the team is vibing right now cuz uh you know, hope, hopefully it's a, a great way to celebrate, you know, the growth that the organization and the team has had over these these couple of years. Uh, so, Mark, I don't know if you have uh, any I, questions. I have, a, I yeah. have a follow up on that. It's been a, a, a subject of discussion on and off throughout the years. Like anytime, and I, I, we have a call kind of about the, the current TSM situation from like another you know owner uh, kind of perspective. But like it comes up all the time as oh, breaking point was a mistake, or it was like a landmark thing that got people so invested in the scene. And like I don't know, retroing back from your perspective is like, do you regret releasing it all? Are you still like no, it was just a piece of content. Like we didn't kill anyone with all the stuff that happens a documentary you know like i don't know how you feel yeah i mean my perspective on it i, I remember a conversation that i had with damien who was kind of like the lead in driving breaking point and inspiration about it and he sat down with me and he said how do you want the team to look what is the narrative you know what are things that are important to you and i told him i said just film everything and be honest and be transparent and it will be what it will be <laughs> and, uh, and that was the directive because I felt like, you know, we, uh, it was better to just tell the truth and just, you know, just let it, let it be what it was going to be. And, uh, that's it. So I don't have regrets. I mean, there's been many people that come to me and said, oh my gosh, I wish we didn't release that. Oh, that didn't look good for team liquid. It wasn't good for the brand. It wasn't good. Blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. But it was a point in time and that's how shit was. And it captured that, you know, like we, we grew from it and it's, it looking back, I think it's fine. I'd actually love to take breaking point and make it like breaking point two. <laughs> and you know, like maybe you know, you it's on one of our other last year, Steve, and you going down point. another team or other teams too, you know, or, or, you know, another, I, I just, you know, what is there to hide, you know? Like we're trying to win a championship, shit goes down. Just tell the story. I I I didn't know you're such an artist, Steve. You know, there's truth and beauty in it. You know, it's it might not be 
pretty, but there's beauty in the ugliness. I uh, I think it's it's cool because it's to this date I think the only th- time I can remember in recent years that there's been an honest depiction of what's going on in a team. You know, like Mark kind of referenced TSM. Who the fuck knows what's going on over there behind the scenes? And they release their show every week, and I'm not trying to dog on the folks that are making it by any means, but like there. The fact that there are so many questions and there's so much speculation to me indicates that there's just a lot of stuff that they don't actually put out there. Um, and so, and, and not to specifically call them out because I know there's a ton of other teams that have done the same thing. There are people deciding what to and what not to put in these these things. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just kind of fun to, to have it. How long ago? Was this five years ago? Was the five years? Yeah. Season six. Yeah. 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 I mean, the thing is, is that if you do a weekly drop, it may affect the performance of in the mindset of the the team. But if you play the season through and then you drop a piece of content, you know, it's less affecting to performance. So I can understand like legends and maybe not sharing some of the information, but uh, that's what you, that's the, I guess the nice thing about just capturing a, um, a lot of content over a period and releasing like an hour, what is it, an hour, hour movie or so? Yeah. Wait, everyone should do this. This is actually so perfect because you know what it is? At the end of the year, at the end of the season, you're going to drop whoever on the team was toxic anyway. So this is just your explanation on like, yeah, this is why we dropped this toxic person or why this person left. Here's the fucking documentary that showcases everything that went wrong. Uh, I definitely, I definitely feel like teams should do this because like, we're flipping teams players out of the team so quickly that it's like, why not just air the dirty laundry on the way out? Okay. It was uh, an hour 47 too. Ooh, an a long hour movie. 47. My God. It's still almost half the runtime of Batman. Okay. Uh, Mark, do you want, you want to, you want to go grab our first caller? <laughs> yeah, I'll grab a caller. We've got enough people in here. I don't need this okay. spiel. Uh, some quick shout outs to some subs. I shout out some from the start of the show, but Crouton, thank you for the 28 months. Oh, oh wait. You're back. Oh, here he is. Uh, Crouton, thank you for the 28 months. Heart of Kyber gifted a sub to Team Liquid. Very nice of you. I'm sure they appreciate that. Tfish88, PF Wanger, Smoke Dog, Shadow Spectre, so many things, and Lil Bonaparte. Uh, and Sleeve, thank you as well for all of that. Uh, okay, PCD is here. PCD, you want to let people know where you're calling from? You're muted. You have to unmute PCD. Peter. Yeah, hello. Hey. <laughs> hello, Peter. Peter Dunn from EG. What? Coach, what do you want to talk? Uh, where are you calling from? I mean, I, I don't see a Peter Dunn on stage with EG. You're, you're kind of quiet. Can you speak up? Um, I said I don't see a Peter Dunn on stage with EG anymore. Okay, fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Now, Peter Dunn unaffiliated. Oh. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm on EG. Okay. <laughs> I thought we were breaking news right now. Uh, For the sake of this call, though, he's going to want to be unaffiliated. Oh, you're unaffiliated. I okay. I be unaffiliated for this call because I, 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 call, I call in or make this case every single split. And my take is, Travis, I think you should vote Jojo Pyun for first team mid laner. Okay. Yes. Jojo Pyun, maybe I would vote for him if he ever did a fucking interview with me. I'm so happy you called in. You fell into my my trap peter dunn because i have been trying to interview him since the very beginning of the 
the time, and I got one interview with him in lock in, and then ever since I've requested, does it, does he decline every interview request from everybody? I, Is it something personal I, with me? I, What's I, going on, Peter I, Dunn? I can't possibly comment, but <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna make I, I'm gonna make the case for why you should because you're asking for suggestions for who you should vote for your MVP votes, and I'm gonna make the case. Okay, go so, for it. No hidden information, just purely public information. Firstly, so I only bothered to go back until 2018, but he has the best laning stats, the third best laning stats in the last five years of any mid laner um, that's played in LCS. The only two people who matched him were Niski in that year where Cloud9 like stomped everybody and Jazuke last summer, and both of those people made first team. Um, his CS differential, the difference between him and the second highest person in CS differential in the league is almost as large as the difference between second and tenth, um, and is larger than the difference between second and ninth um, in terms of his CS lead um, in early lane phase. Um, he has, his team fight stats are mediocre, but he has by far the least percentage of gold share um, and CS share of any mid laner um, post laning phase, post 15 minutes. Um, so which suggests that not only is he one of the most dominant laners that the LCS has ever seen in his first split as a rookie, everyone who's done better than him has made first team. And um, that should be acknowledged and should be um, recognized. And that's why you should vote him for first team. Mark, you want to take this before we let Steve in? Oh, really? I, I thought Steve was good, should go right right away. You can go first. Um, uh, you know, he's, uh, I'm glad there's some new talent that is, uh, coming into the league and, um, I was buying into the hype, you know, when, uh, things started off in the, in the season and I wanted him to be really good. I did. And, uh, I know he's been doing well in solo queue and he's, uh, received the respect of a lot of players in solo queue. Um, and I, I think he'll be a good player at some point, a great player, I should say, but, um, you know, he's got some things to learn and when he does, uh, maybe, you know, voting him in for, for uh, best mid laner would be appropriate, but now is probably not the right time for him. Isn't that a nice answer? Yeah, that was, that was more nice than I thought you would be. I thought you would. <laughs> Hype Bjergsen up way more. You didn't even you didn't even suggest that Bjergsen should be the, the well. First let me let me quote JoJo Peter Dunn as uh, as an example of why Bjerg should get it. JoJo says, "Can't wait to verse my idol Bjorgsen in playoffs." Uh, he tweeted yep. this earlier today. Yep, his 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 idol Bjorgsen. Yes, exactly. So should I be giving it to Bjorgsen? I think when Bjorkson plays in LCS, you should definitely vote for Bjorkson. Okay, okay, got you. Got you. Uh, <laughs> Mark, what do you, uh, you know, obviously we have two very conflict or very compromised individuals here. So what what do you think of this as a neutral third party? As a neutral third party, um, it's tough because I'm hearing all these stats that Peter's throwing around. Normally I'm a big stats guy. But funnily enough, this is probably one of the, the most unimportant statistical seasons we've ever had. I don't know if I quite phrased that right. But, like, one, there's just an abnormal amount of games I need to throw out. And a lot of these sites don't do it right now. 
Um, like, for example, I just can't trust any game where there's a roaming smite top player. Yeah, that just ruins the entire game, more or less, because you just have like this bullshit affecting every single lane in the game. I'd have to go through and remove all those ones. You guys play with that sometimes. Is that affecting JoJo's stats? I don't know. Um, there's a little period of time where, where Senna popped her head up again, and that ruined some stats for a couple games. And then we talked about this a lot in the desk, but the mid lane champ pool feels... It feels so much less important to win lane mid this split than others uh, in terms of like individual carry potential. Um, while it's obviously still a very important position on the map strategically, in terms of like individual shine, like there's a lot of players who just didn't need to do that and their teams still won a lot because it's just, it just doesn't seem to be that important to dominate mid to, to win games right now. Whereas I think there's been periods of times where it's like, if your mid wasn't dominating, you probably weren't one of the best teams. But uh, those those are my thoughts right now. I got to admit, mid lane is probably the most fucked up role to do all pro voting, in my mind at least. Uh, especially with how the, the split ended. Just like Takui crash and burning, uh, Bjerg popping off late in the split. Like, I don't know. Do you, yeah, do you think that it's Bjerg, Mark? I mean, I know you can't reveal who you're going to vote for, but... Um, yeah, I'm kind of leaning Bjerg. Let me throw another stat at uh, Peter Dunn. Um, a Blaze Olive has 54 deaths. Jojo Pion has 47. Um, my boy Bjergsen has 21. Same Jojo's amount of games. A, Jojo's not a KDA player? You're right. That goddamn KDA player Bjergsen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, there's one thing you could say about Jojo, which is that he's not afraid to die for his team. He does it a lot. I'll give him that. He's very good at dying for the team. You know, one of the things that I've always valued in a, in a mid later, at least from a stat perspective, and I think the game has changed considerably from the way it was a couple years ago till today. I think today, one, you've got more roaming mid on recalls you have more effect on the lane than before. It's not just like a 1v1 in top lane. I think uh, a lot of champions just shove and buy time, and it's just a pushing game in the laning phase anyway. And the best stat that I think is most important is just team fighting. I think if you can team fight, position, maximize damage per fight, your average contribution to each team fight that you can participate in, that's a great mid laner from my perspective. Well, That's you how go. you win games right now. Peter Dunn. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's just hard for me because Jojo doesn't stream. He has very little social media presence and he won't do interviews with me. And so, uh, man, it's just really hard to remember that he's in the league whenever I'm looking at the ballot, I guess is maybe the way that I would put it. Mm -hmm. Do you need to get something out of it to give them the vote? No, 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 no. I don't need interviews. But I, I it is funny because I was like hoping that Peter <laughs> Dunn would show up in the back. Twitch I chat today. I did not yours. have hopes that he would show up on the show. But I, I am a little disappointed because we were supposed to hype JoJo up as this exciting rookie. And it's been tough because it doesn't seem like he wants to do any content. Um, and, uh, and so this is a separate grief from the... From from All Pro, obviously, I don't let my interview statistics uh, 
<laughs> influenced by voting, but it is it is disappointing in a world where I feel like the league needs more names whenever one of the newest exciting ones that Tim can't keep out of his mouth um, doesn't ever seem to want to do very much content. You want to hear my theory on what happened? He did that interview with you, and you were like, JoJo's unimpressed with Bjergsen, and then he lost the finals, and he's like, I'm not doing interviews with Travis again. Maybe, but he also hasn't tweeted... Uh, so other than the, the Bjorkson thing, which I don't know if that was him or if it was inspired. I think Peter made the joke that it might be inspired. He hasn't tweeted since February 26th. So he decided, if he did decide not to do that, he hasn't done much else, I guess, which is a little disappointing. You killed his entire social media career, dude. What the hell? Yeah, clearly. Uh, I'm so powerful. Okay. Peter Dunn, thank you so much for the call. Anything yeah. you want to shout yeah. out before we take a quick uh, break? Shout out to... EG fans, uh, various sponsors, then shout out to the show. And I can't do any of the other shout outs that I know your callers like to do, but thank you for having me on for our no, yearly thing. It. I'll be back. I'll be back next year to hype up Jensen. I assume. Nice. See you. Okay. I'm excited to, uh, we'll get you on the show as a guest again soon. See you. See ya. See ya. All right. We're going to take, oh, and there it goes, Mark. We'll take the break after Mark comes back with the next person. Uh, thank you to, oh my God, Joseph Joestar, Kanoke for two years, Dasher777, and Scorchio for the subs. Um, oh man, the other thing I, I, the other thing I forgot to ask Mark, um, Peter Dunn was about the conversation. Do we have any calls about the, the patch conversation people were griping about on Twitter? I didn't even see that. So, Gyoto, Gyoto, who I think he was in chat earlier, he might still be here, was... He tweeted, can't wait to play playoffs in five days on a patch that is released in two days. Um, and the Steve replied and said, it's its own race to world's first. Um, but <laughs> I, I, it's, then Peter Dunn was chiming in on this and there's a bunch of conversation about it. And my understanding was, or my guess is that this was because last year we played on a very old patch for playoffs and people complained about being out of sync for MSI. Uh, and so maybe this is the answer now. I don't know, but I just was going to ask Peter Dunn about it because he brought it up. So, uh, it is a weird problem. If you do an old patch that everyone's practiced on, then you're behind the meta for MSI, which I actually think is probably the best option. The other two options are update the patch in the middle of playoffs, which can feel weird that you're like doing a best of five on one patch one week and then a best of five on the other next week. Or this option where you try and get the latest patch to then have so you're less behind when MSI comes through. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't have a super strong preference, but there's a, a potential complaint for all three. Yeah. I think the last is probably the best option, which is the one they decided with, right? Because you know, you wanna have a shot at MSI and part of the game is adaptation and figuring out the meta. And yeah, it creates probably some more variance in who can figure it out first, but you know the team is more than just the players. It's like the coaches, the analysts, all the research, information, statistics, like decisions on what they play and practice and matchups. And you just got to be more prepared in a shorter amount of time. So it's just a sprint instead of, uh, you know, this kind of marathon on the same patch. And that's just to be a great team. You have to be able to adapt with that stuff. That's my mindset. And if you boohoo about it or, you know, you're just wasting time and effort and energy. Even thinking Here, kill Hoto. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, PF Wings is here. Wings, where are you calling from? Um, 
Bay Area, California. Bay Area. Welcome to the show. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, so my take is that Teal's mid-game throws will cause them to lose um, their best of five to EG, uh, eventually win out the loser's bracket, and then lose to C9 in the finals. Um, and some of the reasons being, um, I feel like Teal has been consist consistently throwing their games, especially around like Harold or getting ace when pushing too aggressively. Um, and I think on the Jap pod podcast today, he said that um, Teal actually doesn't have that great of a record against winning teams. And I guess EG is officially 10 and nine. So uh, there's another reason to add to that. Um, and yeah, I also um, have been a bit surprised. Um, I thought Core and Hans would dominate lane more um, this season, especially given the hype. But I think what we're seeing is that that isn't necessarily going to happen. Um, and yeah, I think Teal will be too focused on like thinking that they were EG and looking forward to the next game that they won't be as focused and end up losing. So here's here's an interesting stat for you, caller. EG are 0-5 versus TL in the last five games. Any... I mean, sooner or later, it's law of averages, right? <laughs> it's going to go back to 50-50, Steve. You're getting 3 0 <laughs> It's law of averages. Uh, I mean, also, a ton of people in the chat think that you're Max Waldo caller, which is uh, very fun. They, apparently, you sound a lot like him. Um, okay, Steve, why are you guys going to lose to EG and then lose to Cloud9 in the finals? Quite the narrative. Uh, no, I mean, I appreciate an opinion. Um, I'd say uh, the caller's right about us playing uh, mid-game a little sloppy. Uh, especially around Rift, uh, pushing with advantages. Um, I think part of it is that if you listen to the comms of the guys, they're they're trying to push their advantage more qu quickly than they otherwise would. You know, instead of taking like the slow, calculated whatever, it's uh, they're just putting their foot on the gas a bit more, which is probably leading to some of that. Um, I actually think though that a best of five, best of three you're just going to see the better team win anyway, right? Like, even if they make a mistake. So I think it's kind of counterintuitive. I think EG probably has a better chance to beat us if it was a best of one versus a longer series. Um, you know, but... Uh, uh, yeah, the, the, they'll uh, we'll see what they have. And, and, you know, the meta might be completely different. I don't even know what the patch is. From what I heard, they're, like, nerfing healing, and it's, like, a pretty substantial patch if that's the case then maybe you know a couple games all it takes is a couple of games and just lose your footing so maybe the band picks a little wonky or something and we're not ready for it i'd see it being more of that than just macro and uh general gameplay i think we're just by far the better team in that regard so caller one little problem with your theory is that all three of the top three teams are one and one against each other. And then they're all 2-0 against EG. So you can make that point about like the win rate thing with literally every team in the upper bracket except EG, who happens to be who Team Liquid is playing. So uh, I don't think that part holds much water. I agree about the mid-game throws, um, but they... They, they, I feel like they can do what they did versus Golden Guardians, where they just go like turbo scaling if they if they ever need to, and go like they did the orange, <laughs> orange Trundle Victor Ash game, which was just the most boring shit ever. 
but like they can i think always fall back on that if they need to like bring the zillion back it's been a hot minute since we saw that you know like i, I think there's enough strategic diversity available to team liquid that um even if they do have some problems in gameplay they can maybe draft to help shore that up if they're making some mid-game problems but their laners don't usually get beaten in the early game then just draft a little bit later scaling um and can naturally win, win some of those games even if you have a little stumble i think my other issue is there's not much like this seems kind of like an anti-tl tl is not great uh take wings are not as good i mean you have them i guess in the finals so it's not terrible but like there's not too much data to show that eg's like really solving a lot of their issues or really shoring stuff up that's not like they're coming out of a big streak you know like obviously hunter t lost their game but they seem like far more of a threat because of the streak that they did have uh towards the end of the split the split rather than eg who's kind of like struggled to figure their stuff out the entire time now they did finish fourth so that's nice i think that's about where people were expecting them to, to land but it just doesn't i'm not like wow and then they've been mega powering up and now they feel like the big dark horse going into playoffs so to steve's point maybe like the patch stuff will help them a bit but it, it's just hard whenever you're like i would i would potentially feel i would definitely feel more concerned for tl if they were facing 100 thieves rather than than EG. I feel like EG and, and getting that first seed slot has actually been pretty good for, for TL. Uh, so I don't know, Wings, if you have any other thoughts on it. Yeah, I just say um, to Steve's point, um, where they're drafting scaling, I feel like there have also been a couple of games where um, TL's like pushing with Baron and then they get like five man ace. Um, and I feel like you could end up in a late game situation where uh, you know, that happens and EG just pushes for the win. Um, and I don't think it's just like, oh, they've only thrown like a couple. I feel like um, over the last couple of games I've watched, it's always, it always happens. So in a best of five, um, it could happen like every single time. Um, and yeah, I just think TL just might be not as focused on EG or just overconfident thinking that, yeah, we've already beaten them like uh, five times. So this would be the walk in the park and like, let's focus on, um, you know, spending a bit more of our practice time focusing on C9, um, potentially, yeah. I mean, you say that, but don't they get the extra week off in between? Yeah, they do. They get the the week of the ninth off. So if they're literally like, yeah, fuck AG, uh, we're going to spend three weeks preparing for Cloud9, like that is, uh, I think Kyoto is making some strategic mistakes there um hard for me what's to imagine a, that that's what, what bonds is he watching right now is it eg or cloud nine steve can you leak at least that much <laughs> i i mean just knowing how the team is practicing they always focus on what's next you know you got to focus on the match you have coming up um so i don't even think they're thinking about cloud nine Dude, right they're now. not even thinking about c9 they're thinking about t1 all right they're studying the t1 vods because they're Are like you guys Gonna handle Caria. What's Core Jade gonna do about Caria? That's actually the only thing you need to think about right now. Uh, all right, uh, Wags. Thank you so much for calling. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Yeah, I guess uh, shout out my Twitch channel, PF Wangers. Shout out Avali. Um, shout out your guys' Genshin channel. Um, and shout out you, Travis. Really enjoy your travel vlogs. Hope you do more of them in the future. Yeah, thank you. 
Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we do some cool stuff. I'll catch you later. Bye. All right, we're gonna take a quick break to talk about Alienware. Steve, you were in Austin trying to seal a deal. Was that is that the the Austin the company in Austin I'm aware of? No, it was, uh, it no, was a different different, a different one. I can't I can't talk about it at all. But it's uh, it'll be a first. Okay, I'll, I'll send that for us. Well, I'm excited to find out what it is. But let's talk about not the first for TL, which is Alienware, another company based out of Austin. Uh, it's also out. kind of the first for us too, by the way, which is oh. one of our first sponsorships. Yeah, no, exactly. That's, the first days. that's what yeah. I was thinking of. Um, and didn't anyway. they, I want to say they sponsored Team Liquid as well, but I, maybe I forget. Um, yeah, no. oh. Well, I will say uh, just as a quick shout out before you do your shout out. Um, I actually don't think all of what happened with Curse and TL would have happened if Alienware didn't sponsor the team. Oh, really? I just don't. Have you guys talked about this before? Uh, maybe just in, you know, maybe with Marcy a little bit, but never like formally. Yeah. You that know. is super cool. That's like a really cool story. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that's how I knew. I was pretty sure Alienware also sponsored TL, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure, but it's, that's how I knew of Alienware for so long in the esports space was just working with you guys. Um, Anyway, talking about Alienware, so they've got a bunch of really cool stuff. I actually got an X14. I showed it to you guys last week. But one of the things that I am doing now that I am really excited about, and we're going to do this after the stream, or sorry, after the show on stream, um, is I now have the 34-inch OLED display that recently came out. This thing is beautiful. I am really, really excited to have it, um, and I can now talk about it because I've had it for a little bit. And uh, I'm going to be playing God of War on it. Uh, but yeah, go go take a look. Yes, Harder Kyber says QD OLED. Yes. Um, if uh, one recommendation, I tweeted this out, but you should go if you don't if you don't trust my sponsored word for it, go look at the Linus Tech Tips video or most of the other videos that I've I've seen. Actually, I think all the ones I've seen uh, reviewing it have just gave it and phenomenal reviews. It's kind of a first of its kind type tech, and people are really excited about it. Uh, but it is, it is awesome. Uh, and I'm going to be playing God of War on it. I'll be talking more about the sort of specs and the vibe of it whenever we get there. But um, it is just so cool. I actually have an OLED TV in the living room that I play games on sometimes. And I'm so excited to have the technology now in my office at my gaming station. And uh, my God, it just everything. It looks so good. Um so we'll talk more about that whenever I do the stream afterwards. But yeah, this thing is fantastic. Uh, I saw it. That's great. I get to play God of War on it. It's fantastic because in the um, the Alienware update, I saw Hungrybox playing on it. They did a whole thing with him and talked to him about his experience. So um, it's it's been good. But go take a look at this thing. It is awesome. Um, again, even in, just go look at the reviews and hear how other people are discussing it. Folks that are even more technically minded than I, and you'll see people are losing their minds. Go check it out, alienware.com slash Travis, if you want to do that. Uh, and you know, love Alienware and their support of the show. Mark, you want to go grab the next caller? Off he goes. Thank you to Trevor Monreal, Charlie Peel, Weather Mullet, and Cuckoo Coop for all of the subs. Hello. Hello, uh, Lil Bonaparte. Have you been on? You've been on the show before, right? 
I have. I'm the show's number one TSM hater. Oh, all right. Welcome back to the show. Where are you calling from? Atlanta. Atlanta. What do you want to talk about? Uh, I just kind of want to throw out a discussion topic for Steve. Steve, if you were the owner of TSM right now, how would you rectify the situation that is the... I mean, there's a lot of things going on. There's investigations, their dog, dog water at the at LCS, uh, at league right now. Um, you know, you have a lot of your upper leadership leaving. So how would you kind of handle that stuff as a phenomenal owner? You know, Team Liquid's <laughs> the best team. Just saying. Really buttering him up for this one. Uh... <laughs> um, damn. Well, <laughs> what a question. This is a good one, huh? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> um, gosh. I guess I'll just give an honest answer. Um, yeah, I think, you know, to fix the situation, I'd probably go in, figure out who's leading and who has leadership positions. I'd figure out if they're in the right roles and responsibilities. If they're not, then I'd probably get new people leading those things. Um, and that would hopefully solve some of the problems that have nothing to do with League of Legends. Uh, you just have some people probably in the wrong roles. Um, there's probably some cultural stuff going on, uh, with, you know, a lot of folks leaving, like you mentioned. So, you know, lots of communication with staff and rallying around culture and what you want to do with TSM and accomplish at the company and talk to your staff and rebuild trust. It's one of those things that's easy to lose, really hard to gain back. So you have to do that over time. Um, and... Uh, then on the League of Legends team, I'd probably, I would just rebuild the roster, probably. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, uh, I, I have no idea what's going on over there. I really don't. So I don't want to like make it seem like I do. Uh, I, I really don't, but at least from outside looking in and things on Reddit and, you know, comments and passive aggressiveness and just all the back and forth and drama and stuff. It just feels like time to just rebuild. And um, the best way to do that is say, this is going to be the team direction. This is what we're going to accomplish. Get in the boat or get off the boat. <laughs> you know, you, you get people that want to grab an oar or not. And if they don't, then, you know, see you on the next boat ride. Um, <laughs> So I was going to ask, this is, this is the button everyone wants to hear, is the break glass in case of emergency. You sign Jensen for summer at least just to recover your brand a little bit? Or would you rather, like let's say you can't really put it, like you're looking at the names available, you're looking at your moves, you probably can't really be a title threat, maybe not even a world threat. Do you break the Jensen glass emergency button still, even if it's not going to get you the worlds? Or do you would you actually just tank, like, take the heat for another oh. split? No, no, no. I would definitely not take heat for the next split. Like, why why just give up when there's opportunity to improve? That seems like a, a pretty, I don't know, um, weak Dumb. answer to, yeah, like a weak a weak response to losing. I mean, I've we've had our back against the wall. We've lost. We've been in promotion relegation. We've been in the shitter. We've been fourth place over and over. One thing that we never lost was our will and our passion to like do better and try to fix the next split. I think once you give up, you 
you've already lost irrespective of what the future results are going to be. So your mindset needs to be adjusted first and then you need to put together the best fucking plan you can put together. And I know that there's going to be less variables because it's in between splits and there's players that are in contract and likely you have limited, more limited options on trade. That doesn't mean that you can't just try to improve. I mean, you have to identify what's wrong with the roster, which I, you know, is it a player? Is it the environment? Is it the coaches? Is it a combination of things? Which of those things have a higher degree of impact? Then rank those and then just fix them. Just start knocking them off the list. Uh, until you get to a better place and then you're like this is what we're going to go with um and we're going to give it a give it a whirl but i definitely don't think it's like ah just you know what is that saying definition of insanity is just doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results uh, stupidity insanity whatever you want to call it yeah would you be more transparent because i think one of the things that tsm's fans are really harping on is the anti-transparency, the not letting too many journalists in. I mean, the most info we've gotten is a leak for an article about why their coach is leaving. I mean, besides like player movements and like decisions and stuff like that, there's not a lot of info out there about that. Would you be more transparent? Yeah, I mean, um, I'll give a good example. I mean, when all the stuff was going down with Jat and Alfari, uh, as you can remember from last year right that was a lot of drama uh around that and we held a live press conference <laughs> live not vod and we just answered questions um i think i think uh i think there's actually responsibility to communicate what the fuck's going on um now you have some HR, you have confidentiality, you have employee relations issues, you have all these things you have to navigate. It's not as easy as just like, this is what we're going to do. Um, but, you know, within all of that, there's, there's, you know, facts and truth and, you know, what you owe your fan base to communicate without harming uh, anybody's future potential career or what have you. Um, you know, you, it, 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 it takes hours and hours of just thinking about, you know, format and how you communicate it. Is it in a video or is it in an interview? Is it going to be on Travis's interview or, you know, who's going to talk about it? What players, how are we going to bring this up? Like you have to have a lot of conversations and, and work on it. It's not, it's not as easy as just someone going rogue and saying whatever, <laughs> um, it, you know, this is PR, it's, it, it, but not in that kind of PR like term it's it's more just how you communicate in the right way so yeah I, they uh, should do that too <laughs> <laughs> i know we've we've talked about the the team mostly and i know that's what most people care about but also just i think there are there's an, a sentiment that tsm the company is kind of imploding at least on the esports side because you have so many in some cases high profile some cases less high profile names that have been around there for a long time like it feels like there's a pretty grand exodus and um you know it, it paints kind of the picture of like a a company that has pretty low morale you know they're having a hard time retaining folks as somebody who runs an esports team in esports org like i'm sure wins help morale a lot but like how do you mm. manage the morale of the team liquid employees and like the company as a whole. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, 
Uh, it's a multifaceted thing. You know, we have a leadership team. It's not just the CEOs. It's um, a responsibility that all of our leaders have to our staff. And we emphasize communication. Um, we do these things called huddles where we all get together and we talk about the company's goals and where we're headed and why we're headed there and you know what the vision and mission of the company is going to be and um, everybody's contributions and what it, you know, because I don't think people today do work because of a paycheck. I just don't. Um, I think they do it because they want to affect something. They want to change something. They want to contribute to a better future or vision or accomplish, you know, uh, something that they can be proud of or that they can be proud of with a group of other people. And so you have to, you have to paint that and you have to talk about it in a way that feels tenable and achievable. And then you rally around that and everybody contributes in their own kind of meaningful way in order to get there. And so you just, you got to communicate, you got to, you, you got to, stay in front of people and we do these huddles we do let's chat sessions we uh yeah i think we're pretty good at just listening to our staff um that answer work for you any any day of the week steve i'll come work for you guys sounds like a good environment um no but uh it's a you know great answers i really appreciate your openness uh, yeah, I mean, I feel bad for Andy. I mean, as everybody knows, like Andy and I are, are friends and, you know, um, I actually felt really bad after I did that tweet uh, with the copy pasta from, from Andy. Um, I was like, gosh, that was, a, I actually never, I don't think I, I don't usually feel bad after I should talk to Andy because we like know each other so well, but I actually felt bad after that one. And then, you know, he's been going through it um, and the org, so you know, I hope they come out the other side and figure this out. My question to you is, do you think Reggie, if you had switched spots, he still would have tweeted it too? Yeah. I feel probably. like that, <laughs> yes, that's how you can absolve yourself of it is like, ah, I would have done the same to me. That is true. That is true. We do, we do shit talk each other. I mean, yeah, you're right. Well, Bonaparte, uh, thank you for the call. And the uh, the exciting questions. Is there anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Yeah, I'll shout out Alienware and Grubhub. I'll shout out Team Liquid, actually. So I did the Team Liquid first hackathon, and it actually landed me my current job. So shout out to Team yeah. Liquid for just being a great org. Um, and shout out to her for Team Liquid. I've been fans for quite a few seasons. I have my jersey on right now because I was like, oh, Steve's on. Got to put on my jersey. Um, so I really appreciate you guys. And uh, thank you, Travis. Love the podcast. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, thanks. That's pretty cool. Uh, I'm with you too, man. I got my the best the best piece derp. of merch TL ever made. Yes, the derp horse. Yes. <laughs> thank you, Butterpart. We'll catch you next time. Uh, that's that's awesome. Actually, just just quick shout out. Thanks sure. for calling in, Bud, and and doing the hackathon. We do this like a uh, hackathon program, and uh, that's awesome. That's totally cool. It's actually the first time I've heard feedback on that directly from somebody. What what is it, Steve? Uh, it's basically a, a program that we put together in order to have folks contribute like development. Uh, it's, it's like any other kind of hackathon that you, you've probably heard of. Uh, and we have our partners involved and we use it as an opportunity for career growth and, uh, you know, for folks that want to do like an internship or build experience. And then um, they can kind of use that to go and find a job or we hire them. <laughs> so... 
part of the self-serving interest in doing hackathons is that it leads to uh, potentially new hires at Team Liquid under nice. our development team. Uh, well, again, thanks, Bonaparte, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everybody. All right. Mark is off to grab the next caller. Uh, shout out to uh, Arvig's ProStar and Elmo Kill for all of the subs. Let's see the Liquid Hacks link in the Twitch chat right now for folks that want to check it out. Um, cool. Uh, you, uh, oh, Blue Jay's here. Blue Jay, where are you calling from? Calling from Ontario. How are you guys doing? Good. It's been a bit, I think, since we've had you on. Been like three weeks or something. Yeah, that's for you. It's a long time. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I have to rant here. So if you have to stop me, do that. Uh, this is going to get pretty controversial, I think, but I'm, I'm going to rant. So let me just go at it here. Um, CLG subbing in CLG Academy for the last game of the split just sucks. Fans are often sold the idea that this is a competitive league, but this decision makes me feel otherwise. A lot of the discussion around this topic is about how this affects other teams. So like um, Golden Guardians and FlyQuest and so on were affected. But to me, that's just such a small part of this. It sucks mostly because these teams should want to win at all costs. Where is the drive to want to win every single game? And why should I bother caring about whether CLG wins if they don't care about winning? How will NA ever become a competitive team if they don't hate losing? Um, and I have more to say, but before I continue, I just want to say that I understand where CLG staff are coming from here. I think they have good intentions here. They probably look at this and say, look, our academy team is doing great. Let's reward them with some stage time. And I, I understand that thought process. Um, and for what it's worth, I do believe teams should be able to field whatever roster they want. I've heard, like, you see on Reddit some shit that, like, they should be forced to play their, their regular roster, and that's just bullshit. You can never actually implement that, so let's throw that aside. And Benefit of the Doubt would say, maybe they actually did have some internal issues on the very last day, they went full breaking point, and they needed to sub in their other roster. However, their announcement did not make it seem like that. Uh, and it's, for me, it's so frustrating to sink so much time into this league when not all the teams are trying to win. Like, yes, they want to win, but I want to follow teams that need to win. And Travis, I've heard you in so much of your content say that teams are maybe spending a little bit more than they should be for, for players. And I agree with that. I do. However, let's think about why they're doing this. It's because they fucking hate losing. And so I'm really getting tired of this, and I, I get so fired up over this. And at the start of this podcast, or before you guys even started recording, Mark made a joke to Steve saying... Like, yeah, you don't even care. You win so often. Like, you're just used to it. And Steve said immediately, I still give a shit. And even just a few minutes ago, Steve, you said something along the lines of, like, why just give up? And, and I'm going to do, before I'm, I'm done ranting here, uh, I'm going to quote Herm Edwards. For people who know who Herm Edwards is, they will know exactly where I'm going with this. He has a really popular line where he says, you play to win the game. And I feel like we don't get that out of all the LCS teams. And that just drives me absolutely insane. The last thing I'll say on this is, yes, this helps the academy team, but you are actually punishing the players that still deserve the stage time. I think we all agree that stage time is really valuable. Poom and Luger absolutely still deserve that stage time. And so for me, them losing a game matters, even though, yes, it is helpful to your academy team. And yes, the intentions from the coaching staff were good. This drives me absolutely insane. I think those guys are the, team, are the two guys that you should continue to build your roster around. And this just hurts them. Uh, boy. Okay. So where to start? 
Mark, I think we've been starting with Steve mostly. I'm kind of well, curious. Well, let's do it again. Since... I, have, I have one quick question for Steve before I give my two cents. Yeah. Steve, if you were in CLG's shoes, you're knocked out of playoffs, you have the best academy team in the entire academy system by a pretty good amount, most people say. Do you put them in for the last game on stage? Um, I might. Yeah. All right, Blue Jay. Now you can spend five minutes screaming at Steve for his answer. <laughs> uh, well, but, since you already uh, opened with it, Mark, let's just, uh, Steve, why why would you potentially do that? And, uh, you know, what do you think of Blue Jay's take? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple layers to Blue Jay's take. I think the first one that is irrespective of the CLG decision to put in their roster is more of a, like, an overarching commitment from all teams within the league to do everything they can to win. And I actually think that there's some truth to Blue Jay in that I believe some of the orgs are checking the box. I think they are free riders. Uh, if anybody is an economics person, they know exactly what the definition of a free rider is. And that drives me absolutely ape shit as well i get as emotional about it you don't hear about it from me here but you would hear about it from me at like the owners meeting <laughs> with the other owners um because in order for us to drive the lcs to be a better product tomorrow than it is today is that we have all teams or most of the teams um building great rosters and training them to be the best. And uh, I understand that some organizations have lower budget, but you can still do a lot with less. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I think we should fix that, uh, you know? But on the other side, tactically, you know, maybe they want to give some stage time to the academy. I don't know much about a CLG Academy. So I'm just making some assumptions, but maybe, maybe they're planning on playing their Academy team next split. Maybe they want to do some stage time. Maybe there's some players they want to see on stage so that they can replace some of the main members on the main team. I, mean, I have no idea. Like there could be something to it. That's more strategic than assuming that it's that they don't care. So that part, uh, you would just have to have more information in order to, to know exactly why they did it. Um, just to defend CLG a little bit, like their their academy team oh, is number them. one. I'll defend them plenty. You don't need to okay. worry about that. <laughs> okay. Can, well, I forget what I was going to say. There was one. Oh, anyways, go, go ahead. I said plenty. Go ahead, Mark. Okay. I I fully disagree with your take, Blue Jay. Okay. The, the only the only thing I can agree with is like what you and Steve were kind of agreeing on, which is the yeah, some teams they don't have a super competitive roster, and it feels like they're not they don't really care about making it as best as they can. Um, but I don't feel like that applies to CLG in this situation, given the strength of the Academy roster. I think given that you're already knocked out of playoffs, the goal to win the game is in the long term. I don't give a fuck if I win on week eight after I'm eliminated from playoffs. I really don't care about that game. I, at that point, I'm thinking organizationally, what's the next best step I can do? And one more stage game for Poom and Luger versus a little bit more experience for the CLG Academy guys, you're starting to split hairs, you know, like, are you really going to get this like one data point that's going to be like, oh, Rose Thorn should have been over contracts all split long, you know, like probably not. But that's why I don't think that the amount of passion you have about this one game aligns because they're, 
they are trying to win as far as I'm concerned. Like this is something that hope maybe maybe Rose Thorne went in there and like giga stomped DG and you're like, well, maybe we should be playing this guy. I, I don't know. But I think the single game were eliminated and it's not just for fun. I think it, it can be a little frustrating when teams are like, we're trolling because we're eliminated for playoffs. We played five glacials, Steve. I know we, we did the, the TFT comp. Yeah, you did the TFT. Oh, we you still won eliminated. that one. We still you won, won that one. one. You won that one. I don't think you were eliminated. I think it was that your playoff seating was locked. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, like, if, if your playoff seating's locked and, like, all these things, I do think there's a little bit of room for having some fun. Like, let someone pick something you normally wouldn't. Like, I, I think those kinds of games, when they literally don't matter, I'm okay with. And in this sense, for the CLG org, it didn't matter. And it wasn't like they trolled the game, even though, you know, like you said, some people were talking about it from the, this is bad for the rest of the league, EG got a free win or whatever. It's like, CLG doesn't owe Golden Guardians fuck all. They don't owe anyone else. I agree else with that. 100% I agree with all. that. Yeah, they, they owe themselves to do the best thing for their org. And if they decide this is the best thing for our org, both short-term or like in, in the long-term, because short-term is dead at this point, then, then I have no problem with it. And I think it... From the outside looking in had enough justification to do that i i think another way of looking at this blue jay is like it's kind of what mark was saying about hyper fixating on a single game i mean if if you're gonna hyper fixate on winning every single game then there's a situation where when you have maybe your first and you're a couple games ahead of other people and you know you can win by playing the same standard comp you've been playing every single time but you're like hey we really want to try these other things we want to force ourselves to to broaden our champion pools or our strategies or play something that's a little off meta and like try to figure out if we can innovate. Like the hyper fixating on, we're gonna try to win every single game. I think it starts to, to create some knock on effects that could cause you to lose some of the benefit you could have for the big picture um, or the games that matter more. And so I think that that's one of the issues here. I guess you can, you can maybe argue like that's not what was happening here, but I, it just, it's a type of thing where I think if, if a team can make a reasonable argument that yes, we were not playing 110% in this match of our strength, not necessarily like commitment or motivation, but of our strength because of this other reason, like, again, maybe Steve was saying they want to do something with their Academy players or whatever, then I, I think it's really reasonable. And yeah, I, I care a lot less whenever there are there are no stakes so i i appreciate the passion and uh and i think it's it's well placed where you want to see teams that are trying hard and are winning and it feels annoying to be like well i have to watch clg play their academy team right now but um i think in this situation it's it's a little unique for the record i don't hate the academy players i was even cheering for them to win that game i think that would be great for them however back to your thing about big picture travis if the thing, if you're looking at big picture, how are we greatest in the long run, then it wouldn't just be for one game at the end of the year. You would have subbed them in earlier, especially with how bad the top side of their map has been. Like top jungle and mid have been pretty bad all split long. So well, uh, to, you, on the other hand, they needed, they needed to not get 10th or 9th, uh, right? Because of the conversations we had on the show last week. Um, I don't even know if that was guaranteed. I thought it was risky when they were doing it. I'm not sure if they were guaranteed 8th well, or, or above, but... And to be clear, like that change doesn't necessarily make you immediately better, even if you think it's better in the long run. Like you have to consider the players' emotions. Maybe Palafox loves playing with contracts and Jenkins, and, and yep. you as management decide, no, we think uh, Dokla's better. Let's put Dokla Rosethorn in. And then your team's like, no, this sucks. And you have to reestablish trust in the players and communication and figure out how they actually work. 
when you're one game away, they, they were a single game away from playoffs. Like, I understand not messing with it then because they, they that's it's really risky right then. Um, so, like, if they were four games out of playoffs, like, they should have made that change earlier, but they were never out of the playoff hunt. And as soon as they were, they made the change basically. So, and there was only one game left. So, so that, that's where I think, uh, I'm okay with this one. I'm totally... I, I think that's a totally fair argument. However, I, I would just echo again that, like, don't expect people to come back and cheer for your team. Like, this team lost a lot of fans over the years and don't really expect that if you're not really hungry to win, it's not really worth someone's time investing in your team if you're not giving 110%. I don't think fandom for CLG was make or break based off of this game. They've got some other yeah, things they got to fix before they earn back fans. They certainly do. Steve, they you were going to say something? Do. They looked um, like you were going to say something, Steve. So I don't. I don't oh know. no no no. Mm -mm. Okay. The the one thing I was going to throw in was just a small chat conversation, which was teams all split long is what I argued. Do things that are not in the most competitive interest in the league, because people were harping on that point. But like, was TSM benching Shenyi for one for for a couple weeks for apparently disciplinary reasons for Rando picking something on stage? Did that win them more games in the short term? Like you can't like the argument just the, the fundamentally breaks down because people like don't add up that way they don't do, do it's like you can't tell me what's good or best for this individual situation you know like people make decisions all the time on their rosters about what's the best lineup not just for the individual moment but like long term how can you fix the problems your team is having mark uh just just to round this conversation out because blue jay quoted a uh what i have learned is an american football coach and former yes. cornerback who's the head football coach at arizona state um <laughs> The, he was on the Jets at the time. The yes. um, traditional in traditional sports, whenever they are locked, don't they oftentimes play what they refer to as lower string players? Is that like third string player? I thought this is a thing that I've heard or that we've even talked about on the show, where like when you've got playoff you rest, locks, you rest starters all the so time. They might, yeah. they might, Travis, but the the difference is one you would put like you're really high prospects, you wouldn't swap a whole team in or out. Oh, or you're also trying to like protect a quarterback because like football, one snap and you could break a leg or something like that, which is like not what happens. Well, listen, in man, right? So it's not Who the exact same avoid carpal thing. tunnel. Okay. We got to be careful <laughs> with these players. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe it is. Comparison. I thought that myself as, as well, Travis, I thought the the comparison as well, but it's, it's not exact. It's kind of apples and oranges. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Uh, Blue Jay, uh, thanks for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Yeah, just first of all, I appreciate that there's a lot of people that really agree and really disagree with this take, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. And the other thing is, I want to shout out Voiboy. Uh, I miss that guy. I think he's one of the most positive people we have in the league community, and I haven't heard from him in a while, so I hope Voiboy's doing well, because that guy's a beast. Yeah. That's all. Well, hope he's doing well. Uh, Goodbye, everyone. Blue Jay, we'll catch you later. All right, we're going to take a quick break to talk about our second sponsor of the night, which is Grubhub. Uh, and once more, I have for all of you guys, and people have been even asking me about this, so it's kind of cool that people have been uh, hitting me up. But we have another promo code for you guys from March. Let me make sure I get the dates right. March 28th to March 30th. Use code TRAVISFREE all one word, to receive free delivery on your Grubhub order of $10 or more only for the first 2,500 orders. So uh, that's right. Travis Gafford is bringing you free delivery on your Grubhub order uh, this 
this week uh, through the 30th. So please do use that. I'll put a link or we'll, we'll have that in the description as uh, well for folks. But thank you to Grubhub for making this available. And if you guys can do me a favor, I'm trying to uh, I don't I don't have the stats on how much these are being used. But because I know some folks really like having these codes because sometimes they're saving money or they're saving money on delivery or whatever. Uh, please try to use it if you end up ordering food and Grubhub is an option and your restaurant is, is there. I mean, it, it's nice to support the show anyway, but using those, I think if a lot of people are using them, I just think it's more likely that we're, we get them again in the future. So uh, please do me a favor and check them out. Uh, there's a link in the description as well, and I'll do exclamation mark uh, Grubhub in the chat if you guys want to order through that link as as well. It's just kind of a nice way for them to track people clicking in and getting interest. But thank you so much to Grubhub for sponsoring the show. They're fantastic. Uh, looking forward to hopefully doing some cool stuff with them at LCS Finals. More details to come. Okay. Mark, you want to go grab the next caller? Yes. All right. Fog warning. Thank you for the 14 months. People in the chat, giving them a shout out. Thank you. Uh, yes, I am not bringing your delivery to you personally, but I am providing you a code that will cover the costs of your delivery. Uh, is Jersey Mike's on Grubhub? I believe so. So maybe you can support both Team Liquid and Travis Gafford by ordering Jersey Mike's on Grubhub. Okay, Mark should be back in just a second. There he is. Spiritus is here. Spiritus, you've been on the show previously, right? Yeah, a couple times. Yes, welcome back. Where do you want, or where are you calling from? And this time I'm calling from New Hampshire. <laughs> New Hampshire. What do you want to talk about uh, this this evening? I want to talk about, and I'm so stoked that Steve is here uh, for this, but I think that Team Liquid's ongoing strength is largely due to its emphasis on player maturity. I don't just mean experience or veteranship, but like approach to the game, being able to interact calmly and productively with other players and the like. Um, that's based informally through feedback from players that I've heard, you know, and things like that, and just kind of observations on their selection starting um, when franchising started. I thought that was a really great opportunity to snatch up a team of players that could do that, you know? <clears throat> and I think all the roster changes have reflected that mentality as well. A lot of people like to flame it like, oh yeah, it's just Steve flexing his money or whatever, but it's not just like hot shot pop off players, right? It seems like ones that think critically very well about the game and can have those productive interactions um, outside of the game and things like that to improve. Um, so, um, I, I can support that. Have you heard of a, of a, you said post franchising, otherwise I'm going to refer you to a video that has a million views on YouTube, uh, as of today, when we're talking about player maturity and mature players. Um, but spirit is so sorry. Your take is, uh, team liquid wins because they, in part, because they get mature players, whereas other teams are not always think, taking into account player personality. Right, yeah, like maybe an emphasis on more of the coin flip kind of personalities, volatility that other teams have. It feels like Team Liquid is more like the core JJs and the X Smithies and Impact and, um, you know, Bjergsen, obviously, and Can a lot of me, these other players that are just, just out of curiosity. 
Can you yeah. give me examples of other teams in the league that have picked up players that you feel are coin flippy personalities or are not as mature and maybe who those players are? I think a lot of them are just hot shot um, pop off ones like cloud nine has um, some great ones like some in berserker, obviously, and even fudge, but like it feels and like Huni, I think is a great example, but um, I don't necessarily see those players as ones that are just going to be stable and crit I mean they they could be over the long run I don't know but yeah. I think team liquid team, has team liquid dude well. double lift alfari dardock they would never touch those kinds of guys fudge <laughs> that fucking problematic player you know behind the scenes you always hear those I'm things not, about him yeah I'm not trying to say these guys are problematic or whatever I just think that it's a lot riskier kind of coin flip acquisitions compared to like ones that are stable winners and i i know they had dardock for a while but i think the franchising that's like when i heard the announcement of the roster for 2018 it was like immediately when i became on board as a team liquid fan and that's largely biased because i love double lift and um mcsmithy and poe belter especially i was big fans of them but i uh, was impressed with the org's willingness to like drop double lift for continued roster stability and things like that even though i still really love him as a player um and support him you know um, personality uh, steve i don't know if you want to address that one if not i have a set i have another way of spinning this that i think makes it a little more cogent yeah um i mean sometimes you well if you've never worked with a player, you are trying to go off of things that you've heard, interviews that you've watched, players that have interacted with that player during the interview process when you're bringing them on, you try to ask questions. And sometimes you don't always have a way of assessing to understand if they have the maturity, right? Or the right kind of attitude. Um, and sometimes you miss with that. And I do believe that player attitude is an essential ingredient. You need mechanics, attitude, and work ethic. Those are the three. And if you fire on all three cylinders, you probably have a pretty fucking good player. And some players, they're not just labeled that way and are that way forever. They ebb and flow based on shit that goes on in their personal life or the team or the environment or the organization or immigration or whatever it might be, you know? But when they're in that mindset with those three things are really good. Um, and I would say that on average, we probably attract more players that tend to be a bit more mature to the organization. Um, I think they find respect in Team Liquid and what we've built and what we've accomplished and you know our will to win and everything. So uh, yeah, and I actually, you know, as long as Bjergsen has been in the scene and everything, and I've known him, I've never worked with him as closely as I have since he's come onto the, the org. And I will say he's probably the most mature player that I've ever run across in any game that I've ever been in, you know? And uh, so, you know, yes, this team is a very mature roster. Sometimes you don't always get that, but attitude, collaboration, communication, um, empathy, uh, how you resolve disputes, um, you know, pa uh, not ha being passive aggressive, uh, being able to communicate your feelings, thoughts, 
how you want to play the game, all that kind of stuff, it is a major, major factor um, in a team game. And I've been there, done that on having players that don't have the maturity currently, you know, to, to kind of be in a team game. You know, they may get lucky, but yes, on average, maturity is a big deal. Um, I, I'm, I, hang on really quickly. I just want to say... Uh, so Spiritus, I'm going to disagree with you on this. I think, so I do, I, I kind of agree with Steve that they do slightly better on average, but I think that's because they're picking up more veteran players and players that are veteran and stick around for longer are more likely to like be stable players. But like, I would not say that Alfari was the most, uh, chill dude ever, uh, from what we saw last year. And it was not too long ago that like Ole benched himself in the middle of a of an MSI tournament, um, like there. Or, or Peter just decided to to blow up in twenty twenty one. Yes, right, exactly. Right. How many of those players lasted past the end of the season? Yeah, but that's the same way with every team. Double if won a championship after. That's true. I I understand what you're saying, um, but I still think like you can you can still be better than average, like significantly better than average. Not I know, right. but I don't like, think it's a very like, exciting take. Like Team Liquid is, right. is slightly better than average. I mean, even to the extent when we had Steve join the show at the very beginning of the hour or the at last hour, I asked him how this year was going. He's like, we went out to dinner. All these guys are friends. Thank God it finally fucking happened in my career. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think... I just I, I apologize, caller, but I just don't think that uh, like other than the the nice value of picking up like this is a side effect of picking up uh, veteran players. I don't think it was a situation. I, I also don't believe. By the way, if Faker was toxic as fuck, but was as good as he is, and he went on the market, and Steve could get Faker on his team, Steve would be like, we're going to get a second sports psychologist, and Faker's joining Team Liquid, okay? Don't tell me that Steve would ever give up, like, the the uh, an incredibly talented player because he was a little intimidated about their, by their their attitude. Um, so See, I, I have this mentality that I, I think I can always fix it. Uh, <laughs> you're exactly right like even even breaking point and everything with josh or dardock you know it was like i'm gonna crack this like this kid is smart he's talented he's, he's he's driven he works really hard and he's a smart kid like i know his iq must be like through the charts like i know it for a fact but i've never like that that would be i would bet on it that it's really really high and i was like i'm just gonna figure this out you know enough conversations enough sports psychologists you know, and you feel like you'll be able to unearth this like great player. Um, man, sometimes it doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, yeah. So I think that's fair. Oh, God, I was I was just gonna say that's fair. Um, but it it just seems like the players are pretty well vetted for the most part. And while there are some that cause issues, it's like, you know. Yeah, moved on from them and like I think there have been a lot more hits and misses like you said the org tends to attract them but like going into 2018 what was it that attracted them well, you know I mean I mean, I know there is money obviously but it's I, like... I gotta say I no, I'm sorry we're we're running a little I just looked at the clock oh, we're yeah. running a little under That's time fine. so so that I, I do think attracted to... them god I'll say it we were dancing around the bush you know what happened in 2018 Steve got a bunch of fucking money 
from investors. The team's budget went up substantially, and he could go for whoever he wanted. That also happened in 2018. And Immortals got kicked out, so he was able to, to clean up uh, on that side, too. Spiritus, thank you for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Yeah. Team Liquid. Very good. Thanks, bud. Thanks. Thank Get you em. for the call. Sorry sorry if we disagreed with you. I, I, I know sometimes Twitch chat likes to, to poke fun of this stuff, but I think sometimes it, it forces a fun conversation. You so know, thank it's, you. it's just guessing from the outside, though, and I just yep. like to hear the feedback. So yeah. thank you, guys. Have a good one. All right. Mark is off to get the next caller. Thank you to everybody in chat. You guys are great. Just want to shout you all out. Uh, oh, Bruno is here. Bruno, where are you calling from? Bruno is here. Are you here, Bruno? Bruno? Bruno, you are on the show. Is your microphone Bruno? working? It was problematic before. Oh, it was having issues? Yep. He was problematic before. He's muting and unmuting. All right, I'm going to kick him out, and we're going to get someone else, and he can try and sort this out. Yeah. Sorry. We'll, we'll bring you back, Bruno. Okay. Every time I hear Bruno, I, uh, Encanto, the Disney Yeah, that's movie? what I've heard. Yes, people in Twitch chat are already spamming that. I've not yeah. seen that yet. Is it good? You have it? It's actually really good. Okay. <laughs> you should watch it. Slurp yeah. Dog is here. Slurp, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, my take was that Fudge will not show up in finals. Uh, he's going to choke when the fans come out, and he's going to get stomped by every other mid laner in the whole playoffs, but he'll make it to finals. And that the only reason C9 will make it to finals is off of jungle and bot lane. Jungle and hard carry C9 to finals. Fudge is going to choke. And you said when the fans come out. So do you think, is this directly because of the audience? Yeah, I know you guys talked about it, like, I think last week. But, uh, yeah, like, I think not all of the audience, like, that won't be his all the problems he'll have. Um, but I think the audience will cause a problem. He has a bigger name than he had before in OCE. And, like, he's definitely made a name for himself in NA, which is a bigger region. So I think that will be an issue for him. Sorry, did you also say something about Summit that I missed? Oh, yeah. I also don't think Summit will perform very well in uh, okay. in uh, playoffs. Okay, so it's Fudge and Summit. Yes. Okay, they're both going to choke. Okay. Um, you know Fudge has played in front of an audience before. Yeah, yeah, but that was in, like, when he was in OCE, right? And he played, like, in front of, like, I don't know, was he, did he was play in front of Worlds? 2019 was, Worlds. He, yeah, he was on the play-in stage. He never made it to the main stage, but there was still... A stage and whatnot um was there an audience i'm pretty sure in 2019 worlds if they have a stage they have an audience i remember him walking out with those guys but maybe maybe not i think mm. i think so i don't think that they've ever done playoffs without an audience until covid stuff so or plans um mm. so, so all right fudge is is overrated what do you think, Steve? What what do you, what's what's the team's opinion? Like you, when you're like watching scrims and you you guys have scrims against C9, are you are you picking up some secret information about what people think about about Fudge? Um, I mean, C9 as a team in scrims is is uh, not all that. Um, yeah, this is what I've heard. They've joked about this too by saying they've lost all oh, their, they have? their scrims. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, they publicly, I mean, you're, no, it's nice for you to validate it because 
you never know with C9 when they say they went zero and fifteen in scrims if they actually are just trolling and they went fifteen and zero. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's good. To I hear was this. actually I w I messaged our analyst group uh, in the game on Sunday, and I was like, "What's our 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 win record in scrims against Cloud9 over the last sixty days?" And he told me the percentage. I was like, "Oh my god!" Uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, I I. Uh, I think Fudge is is fine, you know. I don't I don't think he's anything fantastic. You know, what the more interesting point is this the stage thing. You know, I think uh I remember when we had I think it was Matt Lorlo. Who else was on the team? I know it was the, Matt the, the, the Dardock iteration with Piglet and Phoenix. Were we on stage ever? Was it a stage game in Vegas there or was, something like that? There was your third, play, third, fourth place match versus Immortals where you guys got absolutely trucked because that was their first time for a lot of them. And they were yeah. like, the, the arena is vibrating. What yes, is this? that's exactly. I was on stage and I, I could hear them in the comms because I, I guess I was on stage then uh, behind the team. And the guys were flipping the fuck out. Like... I'm not even kidding. They're like, oh my God, my, my computer's shaking. My mouse is shaking. I can't hear you. Oh, my heart is beating. I can't focus. I was like, oh my God, everybody calm the fuck down. You know, relax, breathe, close your eyes. Like, <laughs> you know, so it is a real thing. I remember having a conversation with, um, I probably shouldn't say their name, with one of the players. And uh, I was like, look, I want you to get on the stage. I want you to go look in the audience and not just look at the audience, like a blur of people. But I want you to just like make eye contact with somebody in the audience. And I want you to look at them and recognize them and give them a name and be like, that's Bob and that's Sarah. And just relax and chill. <laughs> and uh, and the player did it and it kind of helped them calm down a little bit, um, which was good. You know, you got to just like breathe. But it is a real thing. Like the caller's not wrong. I don't know about Fudge and whether he's been on stage and stuff, but it will be a legit thing. Plus, you add on top of that COVID and interacting and the whole buzz. Like, there's going to be players that that uh, perform better in that type of environment than not. Um, we do have a follow-up question, uh, a different topic that tackles, like, audience coming back for playoffs as well and viewership stuff. So I don't want to go too hard on, on the fan angle right now. But I think it's interesting that C9 are this, like, team that's underperforming in scrims and EG are a overperformance in scrims. Because I feel like... If you're struggling already on stage, it's probably going to get worse. Like if, if EG can't win on stage right now and you put in like audience and stuff and for C9, if they're underperforming on in scrims, we're doing okay on stage. I don't know. Maybe Blabbers gets even hyphier. Like in, in Summit goes even harder in top lane. Maybe they're, the, maybe they're just a stage team. Maybe you guys are screwed once the fans come back. Well, so uh, back to Slurpdog's point about Summit, not potentially being good. Mark, do you have any reason in the world why we shouldn't trust Summit? Uh, not really. I mean, the the so here's the thing. He's always been a little bit of an inter. Um, ever even though you know his his like sandbox days were the worst case of it, where like the team just wasn't very good. I don't think he seemed to give much of a fuck. But like he plays in a way that like when things go bad, they're gonna go bad, and you're gonna see it. But you watch his Champions Q games. There's games where he's like zero fifteen in Champions Q, like fighting again top lane because maybe I'll win this one. Like that's just the kind of guy he is. So like it, it's kind of like the other foot drop that I think a lot of people who are more familiar with his career kind of knew were, were coming at some point. 
it sucks he come right at the end of the season for like momentum concerns and things but like is he gonna get absolutely trashed in one game at a best of five probably is he gonna be able to trash other people in what, a couple games of a best of five also probably um so I, i'm not worried about him i'm more worried about uh kind of like the stage point just like the bot lane and and fudge just uh as a whole in playoffs if if skill matchups become more of a thing, because we start seeing LeBlanc, Ari, and, and a little bit more playmaking mid lane, and if Bjerg just wants to just fucking skill check him in matchups, I don't know if there's enough skill matchups in the mid pool right now that they couldn't just ban LeBlanc and take Ari or something. But like, that would be my concern about that specific matchup. Uh, Slurp Dog, it doesn't sound like there's too many believers here for you. So I feel like we'll have to see if you end up being right. And maybe we'll have you on the, on the show. If it seems like fudge just falls apart, but they'll only uh, slip dog. The only thing is uh, I have to imagine that the fudge concern lies solely on the audience stuff, because I remember last year in playoffs, fudge ended up overperforming like spring split uh, playoffs was where people were like really impressed by his performance. So uh, yeah. obviously he's in a different role now, but if he's able to scale the same way that he did over spring split last year in, in the top lane, like I think I think it, it might be not as much of the issues that you think could occur. Um, I just think oh sorry. No, go ahead. I just think um that like Fudge has built such a name for himself over the last few years that and he hasn't had this like fan presence and stuff to kind of get used to it. That's gonna be like a a big shock to him. It's not gonna be like a normal like, oh wow, there's like fans here like no name player, not necessarily no name, but you know, like someone who's not as attracted to other people, like goes out there and does it. And also same with Summit. I think he's built like a, a fan base and people like Summit and people cheer him on. But I think like being in a new country, the culture shock and like having fans from a different country, it's gonna like give him a whole big shock and it'll be a lot for them to handle. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Um, not really. Just Grubhub. I just went on vacation to Corpus Christi, and uh, I use Grubhub a whole lot. So shout out to Grubhub, and shout out to Alienware. I thank you guys for supporting the show, and I'll catch you guys next time. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time. Thanks. All right. Okay. Yes. Wait, what were you okaying? I was, I, I was going to say, okay. Mark is off to go to the next. You're wrong. Uh, Bruno C is is just not going to happen tonight, unfortunately. But I will represent his take for him. His take was about Santorin deserving MVP, and uh, I can see a case for it. I'm sorry, I'm not going to make it as well as as the caller. I'm sure. Um, but well, they wrote I, it I was out. Gonna... I assume in the the take. No, not really. Okay. Um, but Santorin's been really good. He's uh, been super, super good. So, Steve, what do you think of Santorin and your MVP <laughs> That's your chances? case? Wait, to be clear, you said you could see a case for it, and then you just said, he's been good. He's been super, super good. So, Steve, what do you think? Is that Mark, not you a said you case? were wide awake. You didn't do the fucking stream this morning so that you could be all here for the show, and the best you could fucking summon for this is he's been I good. Thought it, did I not do a good job? No, I don't think so. I... I would say you did worse than most of our callers, and that is that is a monument right there. That is a statement. Um, you didn't even pull out. At least you could have pulled out some random Oracle's elixir making, stats or something. I'm, I'm looking so he's he's third in gold difference in ten. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. what do you want me to do, dude? I didn't come prepared. Bruno in chat says, LMAO, I wrote an essay for this take. He didn't send it to me. He asked for shout outs. Anyways, let's not get distracted. Steve, <laughs> if if you wanted to channel all the community sentiment through a player, would it be Santorin or who would, who would you rally the, the troops behind for an MVP push for someone on your team? Oh man, it's such a difficult spot, you know, to like pick a player on the team more than the others. I, I mean, uh, um, so this is just MVP for the regular season, right? Has nothing to do with playoff games. This is just overall performance in the regular season. Yes. Right. Cause yeah. we're voting yeah. right now. Uh, he's got Raz says he has the most pogs of all team liquid players. He's player of the week, week eight as well. Yeah. I mean, I think Santorin has really come into his own. I think after we had the issues last year with his health and some things that we had to navigate, we tackled that with everything we had. Um, Bowen was absolutely instrumental in getting both yeah, everything that we did in order to resolve the problem, and it was resolved. And I think he is uh, he's in his element. Um, Watching him on Viego, I was just kind of like, holy shit, like, what the fuck did he eat and drink today? <laughs> like, this is insane. So, Which is funny because uh, immediately he did the interview with Gabby and he was like, yeah, you know, like, it's just Viego. You look really good on Viego because the champion is just really capable of doing a lot of stuff, which I thought was very funny and humble. I mean, he's just a humble guy, but... I mean, he's he's also shown like some incredible pathing options. Uh, I, he's reading; he's all in the right places at the right time. I feel like he's always baiting cooldowns in the team fight. You know, mid game. I feel like he's he's playing up. He's not afraid. He pushes when he plays tanks. He gets into objectives. He's doing great on shot calling. I mean, yeah, I'd say he's absolutely a great candidate for MVP on the team. Um, you know, carry potential, support when he needs to. I think one of the beauties of the team is that anybody can kind of carry just based on the circumstances of the game and what the team composition is going to be. And, you know, you kind of pick it up for other players. And, uh, I mean, yeah, Santorin's been fantastic. Mark, uh, here, I will represent Bruno's take since he put it in the chat. Uh, and you can you can decide if you buy this or not. So I'll be the caller. Since, since Steve obviously agrees with the color. Uh, Mark, Santorin is the most consistent player in the league. He's very adaptable, and he has a champion ocean. He never plays bad. He always gets back when put behind, not just, uh, just not on carry style, aside from Viego these weeks. So it's not really noticeable, but he enables his three lanes wonderfully. Does he have a champ ocean, and is he the most consistent player in the league, you think? Uh, I mean, I, most in the league is strong, but he's definitely very consistent and he has a champ ocean. I don't disagree that much with anything he said, but you can literally copy and paste that and just swap in Bjergsen's name. And like, it's the same. It's also true. And this is my whole concern about Team Liquid's like MVP candidacy is like, as Steve just said, any of them can carry. All of them are really good. And all of them have carried at different points in the season. The first half felt like Bwipo. Graves. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Second half felt more Bjergsen. Hans was consistent with Santorin the whole time and being good. Core came in late, so it's hard to win MVP if you only play half the season. So, like, it's just like, I don't really, like, they're just a really well-balanced team, but they're not so dominant that you can, like, just Do you remember when ULCS gave, gave MVP to a coach? Like, back in 2014? You think Yohoto should get it? No, no, no. I was going to say they should just give it a Team Liquid. Most valuable player. The Team most Liquid roster. Most valuable player, Steve, for signing them. Like no. he said, he did all the due diligence. He realized that there would be no personality clashes, you know? He, yeah, Steve, Daylor. It was Daylor. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Most valuable I, I knew player, you were Steve. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. only for, for a single week. It was, it was player of the week they gave to. No, I thought Daylor. it was for a split. No, they didn't do that. Uh, it was it was the final week when they completed their 18-0. They gave it to him. Okay. I think Hooney won MVP or ran over or something. But yeah, they yeah, they, I, they wouldn't I, troll I, that hard. It, it's hard to pick somebody, honestly. It depends on like what period in the split. Are you talking about just recent results? I mean, you know, Bjergsen's Ari was absolutely insane. Like how many times? Three or four times in a row. Like uh, it would be hard to choose. Yeah, that, that's why I feel bad. I feel like TL will have all their players on first or second team across the board almost, but then also not have any votes for MVP for anyone because <laughs> it's just too hard to pick someone. Yeah, Week 9 MVP, Player of the Week, yeah, 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 You yeah, just yeah. proved I my was, point. I was correcting myself. Oh, you were holding that L? That's brave of you. Thank you yes, for holding that L. I was holding that L, Mark. Jesus. I respect it. I'm an L friend. Okay. You're, you're usually afraid of the Ls. All right, let's move on to the next caller. <laughs> last oh, wait, caller wait, wait. This is our last caller? Last caller, yeah. Okay, then I need to take a quick break to talk about our final sponsor of the evening, Full Sail University. Uh, so I went to Full Sail a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I told you guys I was going to create a little vlog from my time there, and we have done that now. So let me go ahead and show you this little mini vlog on screen right now. Uh, I am sorry, callers who are... Or, podcast listeners because this will not work but thank you to full sale for sponsoring and just here's a quick little glimpse of my trip to their their event thing here we go hello everyone i am at full sale university today in the fortress which is their giant esports arena because this week is Hall of Fame week and they've invited me here to check out the university. Uh, they've got an awesome esports program, but let's take a look at some of the other things that they have on campus first. Now behind me is a bunch of memorabilia from folks who have graduated from Full Sail and gone off to do really amazing things like work on great video games, win Emmys, Oscars, uh, platinum records. It's really incredible the list of folks that have come from this university. One of the things I've been most impressed by at this school is the esports program Full Sail Armada. In classrooms just like this, students learn how to create art, how to design things, how to tell stories, all these amazing skills.
skills that they will take with them into their future careers. Cool. Thank you to Full Sail for sponsoring the show. I had a really great time going there, and so it was fun putting together that little video. Um, I will be sharing uh, this on my Twitter if you want to see it sometime this week if you're listening to the podcast. And then I also have a fun little feature that I did with some of their esports team folks. If you want to take a look at that, that will also be going out. So thank you to Full Sail for sponsoring the show. Go check them out. Uh, I really enjoyed my time there, and uh, I think they're worth looking into. Mark, you want to go grab our last caller? Yeah, but before I go, I forgot. I got to do Bruno C's shout-outs for the Santorin wins MVP topic. Oh, yeah. Shout-out to Argentina. Shout-out to Team Liquid, Steve, and Kinky Boots, the musical which Bruno is a part of in Argentina. Fantastic. I'm sad we we missed them. I love it when we get international callers. Yeah, I know. Bummer. Uh, Cinderblock, thank you for the 14 months. And Mesh Terry, thank you for the year. All right, Mark is off to go grab our last caller, and then we will be there. Thank you for coming on, Steve. It's been nice having you on. Yeah, it's good to be here. Hopefully, uh, if we if we end up doing our live hotline league in in Houston, please make and, it happen. Why why wouldn't it happen? Why wouldn't it happen? Uh, I can't officially announce it yet because we're working with folks on making it happen. So. Uh, once that gets announced, then I'll so be able to talk I about it. So I get an invite then? Yes, no, exactly. You definitely would. You definitely yeah, I want to swing by. We'll jump on the show. It'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, Wild is here. Wild, where are you calling from? Uh, Buffalo, New York. Where? Oh, Buffalo, New York? Yeah, good food. Nice. What do you, what do you want to talk about on the show? <laughs> uh, just with playoffs starting and people returning to having a crowd and that kind of stuff, um, there's a lot of storylines with players coming back to stage and all that's kind of going to be culminating to finals in person and stadium finally. And just, there's a lot of narrative around that. And there's a lot of, you know, weight riding behind that event. Uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder, if you will. It's been a while since anyone had an in-person competition for league and, you know, the pull behind league and riot in general this year is bigger than a lot of years in the past. They've kind of, I don't know. They're in a pretty good, unique spot to hit the ground running with a lot of good things they've been doing in the last couple of years. And people are <laughs> really starved for a big league competition and big ride event. And uh, I just think that especially with like Worlds coming back to NA later this year and so many different kind of things coming to a head all at the same time, this event is way bigger than anything that Riot has had or League has had in the last couple of years. And it's really, really important for kind of how this is going to go. I mean, I'll I'll take a bit of a a more I don't want to say pessimistic, but like I think there's a lot riding on this. Like I, for instance, yeah, true. am <laughs> really hopeful that, that angle. they actually sell out at least the finals days because they're having it in a pretty big arena, and I know that they're not filling all the seats in that arena intentionally because they're going to do uh, the way they set up the stage and all that stuff, but like. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of pessimism right now around league, around the viewership. Uh, spring numbers have not been great, and uh, and so and I know that there's some conversation. I don't have the historic data, but there's some conversation I've seen out in the community that the costs for this finals is more expensive for tickets. So um, I'm a little nervous, and I'm hopeful that they end up uh, selling out. But I think it's going to be really disappointing if, like, on top of spring viewership looking low if we end up with a lot of empty areas in the audience 
Uh, so, I expect it's going to be a really cool event regardless, but I am, I'm a bit worried about that. Uh, Khan was someone who originally posted this topic and then he disappeared when I wanted to pull him. And then he, it's been a, 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 this was originally his topic. He said that he also feels like this is personally the most important event for League of Legends in like the past few years. I think you can say for a while, um, given that it should be the first in-person one for the past few years on top of back when we were throwing other events, like things were just more gravy. So, you know, it, it didn't need to, to do anything really. I mean, uh, I think the league events are always good. They're, they're always a lot of fun. Uh, this time I heard, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not. I haven't looked at the, the, the plan when you try and buy tickets, but I'm pretty sure the field area is supposed to be more like an area to do things. So uh, I, yeah, usually I've tailgating heard, and type stuff, but I think that's going to be instead of being like outside, in it'll be more inside on in, on, on the the like the the field. Yeah, I don't know if I'm seats. supposed to say this, but I think they're having fan fest inside the arena, which is what. Yeah, I believe you're getting at. Yeah, I don't know the terms for things, but I've I when I was asking like, wow, we got a fucking football stadium that seats ninety thousand people. How many tickets are we selling? <laughs> you know, like how are we going to fill that shit up? And then it was like, oh, well, it'll be like the, the stage is facing a portion and then the rest of the field is for like the fan event type stuff. Yeah, it says ticket holders gain access to a variety of exciting activities, including an arcade, escape room, lounge, live events, team booths, and a college fair. Be on the lookout for more on-site activity information as we get closer to the event. So I think that on-site stuff is happening inside the venue. So again, like I'm not, I'm not, let's put it this way, Mark. Even if they're cutting it in half, that's 45,000 seats that could look very empty if they can't. No, it's definitely filling like the corner area, like this gotcha. thing. You know? Okay, okay. But yeah. I mean, the seating plan is out. I'm pretty sure to like pick your seats. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, go ahead, Steve. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think, uh, I think Riot is starting to think about doing their events in a better way than they've done them in the past. I think it's always been come and watch the game and then leave. And like the spectacle was the game and that was it. Now I think they're doubling down more on experience and making it an affair to go and go to the event. Right. And they started that off with arcane. I don't know if anybody had the opportunity to go downtown LA and experience the whole arcane event, but I think they're, they're pivoting a bit to, uh, tailgate, I guess the experience of going to a league event. And I think now is the right time to do it. So I, I think it's the right strategy. I think a lot of people that want to go, some of them may not follow esports. They'll be friends of friends and they still want to go have a good time and do this escape room stuff. And, you know, that vibe and that experience, those sell tickets for years to come because people have a really good time. Uh, and then I think the caller's right that this year is a big year because world is going to be in na you know you've got mexico city vancouver i think new york san francisco toronto. oh toronto sorry um those are big cities right and uh i'm pretty sure riot is not going to do it cheap <laughs> you know i think i think they're down to spend some money um and so if they double down on this like experience you know have fun with the riot ip have a good time with your friends plus watch esports and play the game it's like this yeah it's probably a really good time <laughs> you know it's like something you want to go to and uh and if they if they create that and uh you know i think i think it'll be a big success for a lot of fans plus people are ready to go out and do something 
you know, yeah. COVID. I think it'd be that. really cool if there was like a live show that occurred there. Um, I like a event. hotline league kind of show. Oh yeah, like, like like a hotline like league that. kind of thing. Yeah, that would be yeah. pretty neat. I yeah. hope something like that happens. I thought it. I thought it would might be cool to do like a um, like a teams like after party, like a post game lobby or something, where like the team event. Mm. The teams that are participating in worlds, like the teams that want to opt in or something, they host an event, and you know, after a, a day of competition, there's just like a big party. You, you know, love those events. You always host stuff like that, Steve. Yeah, I think it's great. I think people want to hang out with the players, and we want to hang out with our fans, and you know, just have fun and just make it a thing. Because I feel like it's always. Like I remember going to the Staples Center and watching the finals, and you like go there, you sit in your seat, you watch the game. Hopefully the game's good. If the game sucks, you're just like, well, that fucking sucked. And then you leave. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, that's, that's not a great experience. You know, you want to like go and do something more. Um, that's why I like BlizzCon because I would be like, oh, I have all these friends that I've never, you know, met IRL and I want to go hang out and get a hotel and go to the venue and walk around. It's like a whole thing, you know? Um, uh, so this, this prompted a very funny memory for me. I have two, two follow-up questions, Steve. First... When you guys qualified for MSI, the, the Alienware training facility threw like a big shindig and like Travis and I were there and we we're all like, oh my God, Team Liquid made MSI finals. Like they beat the best team in the tournament. Like we can beat G2 for sure, right? Like we can do this. And then it was the fastest 3-0 to date in an international play. Would you, in front of your home crowd in North America, go to let's say semis and then disappoint all the fans in the arena and then throw an after party after like would you take that or would you rather lose and say quarters no uh, no I, I wait you, didn't this you know, literally happen in vegas you guys threw the event in vegas after that i, I didn't did you guys lose to in vegas i'm trying to remember I don't know if we won or lost but i think we lost actually. i think you lost yeah because it wasn't that when you guys were playing against immortals and i think immortals beat you guys i think yeah, this I think, was the I same lost. and then yeah and then we still hosted the after party which was i don't know we Drink had to forget yeah it was fun i mean you players know, are I new, normally by that point in time you know this mark like normally by several hours afterwards the players are just like all right well at least i'm fucking done for now and i could just chill until the season starts again so it's usually yeah. terrible for the first couple hours and then I, I know I know for the players I'm wondering like you know for, for the brand you like you're, you're the hope of North America it's like semi so it's not like you're in world finals so everyone obviously you're gonna take world finals you get to semis you just get absolutely clapped and like I don't know where semis are gonna be at but like you know you're in some giant arena Toronto in front of the home crowd in North America and it's just the fucking library <laughs> from, I don't know that's that's a lot of pressure maybe you just go out in quarters fighting yeah I don't know no, no, you definitely want to make it. Uh, so my other question was the the more serious about the the playoffs having fans as well. Um, just like, is this something you guys have talked about at all as a team? Like, holy shit, fans are going to be back. Like, are are you? Is there going to be tailgate type stuff the way it used to be for fans at LCS this weekend? Uh, I don't I don't know what the I don't think they're allowing tailgating during uh, at LCS. But I like some of my fondest memories of LCS were having the car, ha playing Smash, drinking beer in the parking lot at LCS before the games, you know? Like, it was just, you just hang out and you just have a good time and you chill before you go in, right? It's not like, 
go in, get a hot dog, sit down, and and that's it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't think they're going to have IRL for for playoffs. It will just be in Houston. No, no, they have they have fans. They don't have tailgating this weekend, but they do right. have fans. Oh, you can get tickets and go. They've sold out. Yeah, they sold out. Playoffs. You can oh, go. They they'll did. they'll have audience for the arena starting this weekend. Steve, where have you been? It's it's the great news. Playoffs in for LCS and LA have sold out for the entire playoffs already. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's starting this weekend. Cool. They have fans back. It's pog. That's why I was asking. It's, it's your team pog, will right? play. I, I mean, team liquid. Obviously, there's a difference between the ninety thousand person arena, however much you could cut it, and like the three hundred seats in the LCS arena, but. Uh, you yeah, your players will be playing in front of a crowd this weekend. Someone should tell Gilhoto if he doesn't know yet. In the team, <laughs> just just to prepare them so they don't fucking get on stage and they're like, "Wow, what the fuck are all these people doing?" Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow, they really <laughs> crowd of five. These yeah. these cardboard cutouts have gotten really lifelike. The the way they're handling these things now. No, that's pretty cool. Wow. And it sold out the whole thing? Yeah, it sold out yep. like a week or two ago. I, I think it sold out really quickly after they put it on sale. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Do, you, do we know if they sold out uh, Houston? Uh, no, Houston is definitely not yet. sold out yet. That's the big concern. Like, that's my concern is I really hope they sell it out. Um, but they did sell out the LCS arena, so. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to go. Yes. I know we, we we finally lifted the a lot of the requirements in LA, so I guess yeah. they just did it. Ironically, yeah, I had to interview people remote. Uh, for those that haven't seen my Hansama interview, I people that watched last week's episode will know that I had a false positive test, but because of the policies, I was they had to treat the false positive as if it was an actual positive. So we had to do a very janky setup where anybody who watches the interviews that I have coming out this week. We had my camera person at the LCS parking lot, and then he was using his phone and had me via Discord, and we would put a headset on the players and have them talk to me through the, the phone being held up uh, with the Discord window, and it actually worked out pretty well. So if people haven't seen my interviews, go check that out. But Mark was unable to uh, to handle it or to, to work this weekend with me because he had stuff. So we, we did well, it yeah. this way. But yeah, As you know, so we didn't even have a host this weekend, so things were... A little yes. on fire for playoffs end or yes, for exactly. regular season end. Um, there's actually a, a Reddit post on the front page of Reddit right now that says, "Hey, I'm going to my LCS for the first time this weekend coming up. Any advice?" Um, they're like, you know, like what what should I expect and things like that. So I don't know if everyone here has some advice they want to give. If, if there's other listeners right now who are going to be going to their first one, uh, my advice I posted a little bit ago. I, I didn't see the post until just recently, but my advice was to give me ten dollars um, if you see me. First time going to LCS, yeah. Yeah, if you see me around, it's your first time at the LCS. Just give me. No, they're not going this weekend, Mark. They're going to in Texas. No, this is for the LCS this weekend. There's a Reddit thread that says first time going to LCS. Oh, wait, no. No, wait, you're right. I misread it. As the title says, I just bought tickets to go to the NA LCS in Texas. Ah, fuck. See, I was reading the comments. I didn't actually read the post. And a bunch of people were like talking about the LCS and like, oh, food at the LCS is actually not that bad and stuff. Fuck, is the uh, Texas one? God damn it. One of my favorite, well, the top comment, one of my favorites is this. Unfortunately, there's you. no pro fan meet this year, but if we're lucky, we might get cutouts, Lamal. But there is a chance you'll run into on-air talent, streamers, and ex-pros. Fair warning, most of them are awkward as fuck, but some of them are really easy to talk to and get photos with. 
Yeah, if you run into Mark, he is uh, you awkward as fuck. Well. Right. If you want that photo, I agree. Bring deodorant if you love God. Take a fucking shower. <laughs> yes, those are honestly good advice, dude. This oh my god! All right, all right. Well, my question still stands for people going this weekend. Steve, do you have any advice for fans? Um, this weekend should be some good games. Um. It will be good to see everybody in person and an actual live League of Legends event for the first time in two years, right? Yeah. Well, two longer longer years. than two because we shut down like in the middle of November or sorry, in middle of March 2020. So yeah, longer than oh two. my gosh. I'm just yeah. like, I, I remember when C9 won the uh, championships and like there's like celebrating in like a bedroom. <laughs> it's like, yes. God. And they broke they broke the trophy there, didn't they? Is that, that was when they <laughs> broke like, the trophy? Um, it'll be good to see everybody. And if you do uh, if you do have tickets and you're at LCS for playoffs and you see me, come say hi. Wild, still here. I know we've we've talked around you for a little bit, but uh, anything you want to add to the conversation really quickly before I give you your shoutouts? Really nothing too crazy. I did have the fortunate uh, opportunity when Owl hadn't crashed and burned yet i got the chance to go to both of the overwatch league grand finals the one in new york city and the one in philadelphia and those were two of the coolest events i'd ever oh, been did you to get just to see, like uh, for sporting in general what's his face D dj Khaled or whatever god don't even bring that up i don't that's it's a repressed memory at this point yeah <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm, curious, I'm curious wild why why have you been to a league of legends event i have never been to a league event i actually got into league i, I don't know i left overwatch to get into league i don't know what happened to me no, I was one, just gonna... one died, I guess. Yeah, I guess. It, yeah, I don't know if I'd improved. But... Yeah, don't kill this one, please. Uh... So I'm excited. I'm going to be going to uh, our whole league group that we play with is getting together to go to quarters in uh, Toronto. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, shout out Alienware. They were my first PC. Shout out Grubhub. I live downtown and use them to buy food all the time. Love your work. Follow your journalism since I started getting into league. You make amazing content. Appreciate you guys. Thank Steve, you do so cool much. stuff at Liquid. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. See you, dude. We have the best callers. Okay. Uh, Mark, what do you want to shout out here? Uh, shout out Steve for coming on. Shout out Team Liquid for winning their se se seventh championship. Hmm? How many championships? Yet. How many championships do you have? Four? Five? Six? Uh, we have four plus two lock-in. I know mean, you can't count those. I can if you want. Okay, I was counting those, but since you don't count those, congrats on winning your fifth championship. Uh, knock on wood. <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to Kobe, who just raided us with 500 people in the final two minutes of the show. Don't go anywhere, Bro, folks. because He so had least. to have been able to hear you ending the show, too. Like, he's one room over, and I know we're loud enough to hear that we're wrapping up and he raids. Yeah, well, the stream will still keep going, so it's it's just funny timing. Uh, but thank you, Kobe, for rating. Uh, Steve, what do you what do you want to shout out? Uh, I just want to thank you guys uh, for bringing me on the show. It's always a good time. Um, I guess I'll probably see you guys at playoffs or mm, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, this is always a good time. Um, appreciate everybody watching and chilling with us. Mark, or uh, sorry, uh, Steve, do you have by any chance a a loyalty program? 
that people could sign up for. I was just thinking recently about how cool it would be if a team had a loyalty program, and I was curious if perhaps here in the final moments you could mention that to me. Yes, of course. Well, now that you say that, Travis, um, we do actually, and it's called Liquid Plus, and you can go to it by going to www.liquidplus.com. And once you sign up, you can earn points and rewards to redeem for experiences, for cool shit with your fans and me and the players. So go sign up. Steve, right do I have now. to buy something to get those points? You don't. It's entirely free. There's wow. no cost. You just have to spend a few minutes and hook up your account. Wow. That's, uh, that's wow. fantastic. Yeah, people in chat are asking for a check-in. Maybe we should do that next time as we need to get a link for people generate a link to if they can get a check-in or whatever if they watch the show. Um, my final shout-outs go to Brandon Sanderson, whose Kickstarter is in the final days right now for his secret novels. He's already hit, I think, 35 million right now. Uh, so go help because it's already the number one Kickstarter of all time. And it needs to like pit so much gap and distance between it and everything else that it stays this way for many years to come. Yeah, almost at 36 million. So uh, go back the Brandon Sanderson Kickstarter if you like any of his work. And if not, become a fan of his work by looking at the Travis Gaffer Books channel and uh, finding that out. Either way, thank you to everyone who watched. Thank you, Steve, for coming on the show. Uh, thank you to all of our lovely sponsors. We'll be back next week with another episode. And we'll catch you all then.